Hello. Welcome again to our frequent podcast called Wear Many Hats. Throughout the year, I, David Punter, the Business Development Director for Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, shall be interviewing prominent facilities management and procurement subject matter experts across a range of industry market sectors. It is these people with their wealth of knowledge and experience that will inspire the next generation of young professionals. Our objective is to share our guest stories' experiences and help motivate, engage and inspire others into the industry. Through Wear Many Hats podcast, we hope our listeners will gain new perspectives, insights and learn about strategies to develop their careers in the facilities management or procurement business. It gives me great pleasure to introduce... Lewis Barker. And Lewis, you're from? I'm from a company called ServiceNow. Okay. Um, And I think without further ado, Lewis, I'd like to sort of launch into a set of questions a little bit about your career journey um, in um, facilities management. So uh, just to start with, just tell us a little bit about that, how that journey started. Yeah, so I'm sure it's not unfamiliar to many people in workplace, but uh, I did kind of fall into it. Um, So I went to university, I went to Birmingham University and did geography, Okay, Um, but probably like many geography people, they weren't too sure as to where they wanted to go next. So what I did know I wanted to do was actually do a ski season. So I I went away uh, for a period of months to the French Alps. um, And within that, I was actually looking after chalets, uh, not knowing it probably at that point, but from a facility standpoint, so making sure that they were maintained and okay. well looked after so you weren't studying the sort of the glacial aspects of the geography of where you were then? absolutely uh, no probably absolutely not definitely the apres bars but not not outside <laughs> of that um so kind of after that i um i uh, i was actually chatting to my dad and believe this or not my dad is actually a facilities manager Okay. So I was chatting to him kind of about my passions and he was like, hey, you know, why, why don't you just come and work for me for a year um, and, and go from there? So and where I, was that? So that was up in Bradford. Um, right. I'm originally from, from Harrogate uh, near Leeds. So I worked in Bradford and I actually worked for the catering um, provider there. So for a year, I kind of started to learn from a vendor's perspective, you know, how, how you provide catering and what you need to do in this company. And through proxy kind of learned my way there and then after that period of time you know after the year um i uh, moved to london uh, my wife now wife was was in london so i i took the gamble and said hey you know let's move move down from yorkshire and and come to london okay. and that's where i you know landed on my first workplace or facilities job um, which was called uh, CDP, uh, and they're still going now. They're an environmental company, non-for-profit, and that was definitely probably two feet in. Um, I let's say not embellished what I did, but definitely you know pushed the boundaries of of kind of my capabilities. And I came in there to look after their facility, one that they'd been in for for ten plus years, and and moved them to a new property. And that was my first kind of exposure okay so that was the early 2000s then oh saying. my word you're testing me there yes it right. will be yeah okay yeah and so you you got some inspiration through your father and then you decided to come to london because that's where the fm world is sort of blossoming and, and, and it was things. definitely more opportunity than than up north and obviously my wife was down here so 
Okay. That was part of it. And <laughs> which sector did you work in? Right now? Yeah. So I, I work in the technology sector now. So, okay. so you're our first person from that sector in yes terms of that yeah podcast. yeah and it's a you know it's um uh, i think a lot of uh, i say a lot of people a lot of my network are within technology companies and i think especially with the workplace world uh, it's very it's a lot of fast it's very dynamic it's always evolving um and that's quite unique or that's what definitely i like about working in a technology company because, but I have tried different things. So I, you know, CDP was a non-for-profit, you know, yeah. that, you know, obviously wasn't, let's say, cash rich and, a, you know, had a lot of investment there. I then went kind of in the middle of CDP and ServiceNow. I went to a company called ISG, who do all the, the big construction company uh, that's based in London. So I, I looked after their London offices. And that's where I learned a lot about fit out. Okay. Um, um, you know, met a lot of my network that I use today in that in that place okay you, you mentioned that the technology side is f- f- you know fast paced than that um you know how would you say that that side has in terms of let's say with your fm ad yeah. hat on how has that evolved over the last three years of oh, i would say obviously that's the pandemic right the, yeah. when we were very good at pivoting from in office to at home Okay, that's interesting. So everyone had a lot of everyone had a laptop. Yeah, our population was transient anyway, so we weren't one hundred percent occupied pre-pandemic. Okay, you know we were a little bit less than that. So our pivot away from the workplace was very easy. Everyone did very well. What we did from a workplace perspective was kind of everything that we were doing physically. We we pivoted if we can virtually. So that's events, physical exercise classes you know, those types of things, um, to, to mainly um, generate the culture still virtually, yeah. because that's a large part of what my team does in the workplace is, is create culture. So uh, that was it really at the start of the pandemic. And in the middle of the pandemic, I think a lot of it was around um, making sure our workplaces were quote unquote safe. Yeah. You know, how's our air conditioning, the cleaning, how are we going to respond? How are we going to get people to return? So that was working a lot with you know our cleaning vendors making sure that they were in a good place they were maintained i was very passionate about making sure our vendors uh remained employed for one so we did that i was very you know it's one of my uh let's say uh, kind of happiest things that we managed to do is, is keep everyone employed keep everyone busy because you know our vendors are an extension of my team so having good ones we need to keep so I mean, uh, obviously, you you were able to pivot quite quickly to a virtual scenario. Did it, uh, um, post-pandemic, go back to the status quo, or has that sort of... No, it's been slower. I'd say that's like many technology companies. I I think, uh, you know, we haven't... We're what we call, or how we approach it, is a slow follower. Okay. So a lot of technology companies that have made the headlines have come out with their kind of stance. What we do is You're not we, the trailblazer. No. No. Okay. Not in this regard because there's a lot of consequence if you get it wrong, right? So So you don't want to get your fingers burned, basically. Yeah. Because we we're Let not someone else do it. If from a business standpoint, we're performing absolutely fine. Okay. I think it's very different if there was like a business dip. 
Okay. And, and you know, I, and you kind of maybe see that with some technology companies that they've had to maybe step in and the, the default safety net maybe for the C-suite is let's just get them back in and, and do that. Okay. I think because we had flexibility before the pandemic, when people came back, they realized, you know what, I am kind of productive at home. Okay. Um, up until today, what we have is we, we, don't, we don't mandate days in the office. What we have is personas. So someone might be remote, which means I come in one day a month uh, for a moment that matters. That might be an all hands. That might be an event. Right. Our biggest bulk of the employee base is flexible. So that's the expectation that you come in one to three days a week. And then we have in office five days a week, which is workplace and IT. Okay. Um, What advice, uh, I mean, bearing in mind, Lewis, you're fairly young in your career, uh, at 32, I think yep. you said you were. Yep. So, I mean, starting off, someone starting off is, you know, they're not that distant away from where you are. Yeah. Um, what uh, advice would you give to someone who's interested in starting a career in facilities management? Yeah, I think it's super interesting because I think by the time they get to 32, it would have pivoted massively uh, in terms of what it is. Um, I'd say that throughout my whole career and what gives me energy to this day is dealing with people. So I think if you are people orientated, workplace is a is a very good place to be in because you you get exposure to the whole business. Yeah. You're not kind of going to one particular department and then that's your work stream. You know, a lot of my team have you know, grown up and then gone into the business, gone into service now, gone into another department because they've worked with those people. And I think mm. that's very unique from a role perspective. Okay. I also think facilities and workplace give, is a great career option for a, for a lot of people. If you like, you know, the people aspect or you might like the building aspect from an engineering perspective, mm. because a lot of, you know, the opportunity that's going to come in is the sustainability aspect of, of buildings yeah. and and kind of, you know, I know everyone's talking about how do we bring people back, but that's your culture element. So a lot of like the upskilling that we've been chatting to our team about is that hospitality type of world. Okay. You know, how do we make sure people want to come back in? And that's not mandate them in, like, how do they have a great experience? You know, how do we help them? Okay. And, and you're suggesting that through technology you can help them in that 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 journey yeah i think technology uh, kind of technology is one aspect of it um but i think maybe looking at my own career education has been a big thing so i've yeah. always always been well supported from every company and getting qualifications and doing that okay i think now at this age i've learned how important networking is okay now networking is super awkward when you're young because you, know, you might get well i think a lot of people get frowned upon uh not frowned upon sorry that's the wrong word but they get looked upon differently right you don't you feel like you don't have the experience so you can't go and uh talk to someone about something like that and for me it didn't come naturally you know and i have to thank my my previous boss but daf you know very much pushed me out of my comfort zone he said hey go to events do podcasts do this type of thing because you'll only get more comfortable with it and he's and he's completely right so a lot of the team members that i talk to in their development reviews i'm like hey you know you you might have only been here five or six years doing this job, but you have got stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. So go to these things and, and do that. So definitely education, networking, um, and and just taking a risk in some mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Because, of course, you after your, de- your degree, your geography degree at Birmingham, 
Um, you also went on to do some MBAs as well, didn't you? Yeah, not not an MBA. Oh, okay. I've, I've done I've done like through Cornet um, the MCR, which is like the Masters of Corporate Real Estate. Oh, okay. is what they right. what they call it. I'd love to have an MBA, but unfortunately, I well, don't. there's still time. There is time. There is time. But yeah, done done those types of qualifications. But but you know, Cornet or IWFM, they're they're all good networking tools. Yes. Def, de- most definitely. I think um, having been to quite a few of the IWFM yep. uh, things and also with Rising yep, exactly. um, yeah. organization. Um, what, uh, so another question really that uh, I have asked a lot of people is how uh, do you think um, online meetings have changed uh, facilities management in terms of the engagement and collaboration process? Yeah, I think it's, I take it twofold. Um, I think they're needed because... Well, you would say that because you're technology-based. Yeah, yeah. But, we, you know, we don't sell the, you know, video no. conferencing. But I, I think because I, you know, my team, I look after our Amir region. So okay. I'm never not on a, a a Zoom call or a hybrid call because the team is dispersed. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of people now have that, whether it's someone in the UK who's at their home office or not. So kind of the... You know, having the technology and the the hybrid, it's just part of our lives. How do I think it's benefited workplace? I think that it, you know, it's just uh, ensuring that technology is, is so integrated into our workplaces that people don't have to, you know, worry about it or think about it. It's now actually a given. We we basically put a video conferencing unit in every space we can, right? Because it's needed, you know. And I think that the uh, where it's where kind of the other side of that is that I think definitely in service now people are seeing the benefit of coming together in pe- in person. So our highest peak days tend to revolve around an all hands an event or something because the manager community, which which we lean into heavily, are the ones that drive okay. the attendance. Okay. So I can see both both sides really. Definitely. And that brings me on to a question that I think we touched with another one of our podcasters uh, fairly recently that did uh, procurement in a consultancy capacity Mm. with uh, the government. Um, And that was to do with uh, artificial intelligence, which is the big uh, um, thing that's spinning around at the moment. What role do you see artificial intelligence playing in facilities management, um, both now and more, more... in the future. Seriously, in the future. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not necessarily afraid of it. And I, I think I come back to the people element of workplace that there'll always need to be, I believe personally, you know, a, a person to greet people, to talk to someone in the face. Where I think it will definitely happen is in the building infrastructure. So, you know, being able to pick up if an area is highly utilised and raise a ticket automatically for the cleaning, the maintenance crew, you know, we do have smart buildings already, don't get me yeah. wrong, but I think it's the more, you know, the more proactive nature of AI being able to, you know, deliver that. So I think in buildings, hands down, it will happen. Um, and I think, you know, how people interact with the workplace will be, you know, um, a lot more beneficial, I think. Okay. You know, so if I'm going into spaces, it will already know that I like a room a certain temperature probably and I like this setup and I like this catering option. I don't know. Things like that are not out of the realms of the possibility. Yes, I think that, you know, we've also, in, in the past, facilities management has done a lot of data gathering 
and probably not as much acting upon that data and by artificial intelligence it may be able to tweak the data according to a setting as you say yeah and Um, i think that's the invest like i think investment has always been a very hard thing to come by in workplace and i think now right now where we are with the offices and things getting pulled into you know cost saving and things like that i think the investment in tools and technology is quite difficult at the moment Mm -hmm. you know speaking to my my network okay do you use any artificial intelligence at the moment in your current facilities not for work not for workplace no but but service now's just just announced that they're working with nvidia on an ai type of solution within our within our technology suite uh, but not within workplace um in your opinion, how do um, environmental social governance issues impact uh, facilities management? Yeah, so I think everyone will say big time. Uh, I think that everyone is you know, very much behind the ESG uh, plan. ServiceNow has a very robust um, ESG strategy. I'm actually the, the interlink between our sustainability team and workplace. Okay. So we do a lot of work on obviously the, let's say the basics, you know, uh, where we can affect change. We're in a lot of leased buildings, so okay. we don't own any buildings bar, bar our offices in the US um, in HQ. So right. in terms of actually really affecting kind of, let's say the environmental change, it's it's really working with landlords okay. where we can do that. So in lease negotiations or choosing the buildings, we will choose where we can environmentally uh, sound buildings. Do you have any accreditation um, service now? On no, we service? don't. No, so we would we would choose, you know, Dublin, uh, our new location at 60 Dawson in Dublin is a LEED certified building. Okay. So we would choose that, but we're on the journey of therefore making our fit out meet like a lead accreditation okay. but we will do you know a lot of things within the space to make sure we're doing the environmentally thing uh, okay environmentally sound thing and okay yeah i mean as the dedicated sort of you said the interlink yeah uh, between your sustainability yeah. um project team and yourself is there any view that you would look to um any formal accreditation and recognition for the company to absolutely put the brand out there yeah 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 and and with service now we do things pretty quickly so if i come back in a year's time i'm pretty sure we'll have something done and dusted any yeah. anything in mind um there's a lot of things being discussed um that kind of roll into our esg strategy but lead the the isos um, from an environmental perspective, that okay. is, those types of accreditations are, we're discussing at the moment. But I think a lot of the the our work, we want to work with the landlord okay. uh, to improve the spaces. So obviously they're a very much a partner for us to to help us upgrade a space if we Which want to stay there. They vary across the portfolio depending okay. on where we're leasing them from. Yeah, but all the usual players, right? Any names? Within there. You know, CBRE, you know, JLL. So the names that we all know out there. Yeah, the names that, you know, the the usual landlords, you know. Um, And they have their strategies, right? But I I can kind of talk from an end user perspective that, you know, uh, this isn't maybe from ServiceNow, maybe what I I see, but, you know, there's a lot of talk, but not necessarily the investment that comes with sustainability. So I think there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done, you know. I couldn't possibly comment on that at the moment. (laughs) Um, how is the um, Internet of Things becoming increasingly important in facilities management? Yeah, I think that's, to a certain extent, it's, it's there and it's, it's used. 
Um, I think there's more greater awareness needed around it because it's okay. not for some people that's a lost topic. Mm. Um, and you how kind do you of understand be... it to mean Internet of Things? Well, you're, it's, you're it's you know person. into yeah. Well, I work for a technology company. Just, so just the... to help our listeners, just in case they. Don't quote me on the definition. Okay. Maybe I need ChatGPT to, to come in here. Maybe maybe we can just put that over the top. But, you know, it's, it's the way I see it in kind of terms is that, you know, the technology is integrated into the building yeah. and it's, you know, it's it provides a data out of it for you to then choose what to do with. It's kind of the simplest way. Um, I wouldn't say, once again, we, from a ServiceNow perspective, we glean data from our our own workplace tool okay um you know we're we're our now on now customer is what we what we call it so we have reservations and you know maintenance cleaning all of that in there so that's where we glean most of our data from okay as opposed to from user sensors and things like yeah exactly exactly yeah um what does the future landscape do you think of facilities management look like yeah, because I, I wanted to home in, obviously, you guys are calling it facilities management, right? And I see that sometimes it's, um, I'm sure this will divide, divide opinion, but I see that as very much kind of the, the hard services side of the world, you know, the building element. I, I like the workplace type of terminology. I noticed you using that um, term, um, yeah. which, uh, interestingly enough, our other podcasters haven't, but it might be a generational thing yeah. with respect to yourself. And well, I don't know where... if it's a tech... It might be a technology thing, but yeah. the, it's more like, I think workplace, you know, kind of gives it more of that people element because I think our, you know, the way I see it is uh, we, our vendor partnerships are very strong from a building perspective. So they look after our traditional fm related stuff okay. workplace is really the kind of that people element the culture the experience aspect and that's where you know i think especially in a technology company where it's very you know we have um, a lot of competition against other technology companies mm. you know you we have to go above and beyond in that space yeah as opposed to obviously it, just it, keeping it, our buildings. i mean it's, a, it's an interesting point because it does seem like you're you, you've actually redefined another pillar of facilities management because as i see it we we have hard fm soft fm yeah and now there's this point that you're saying at workplace where it's the more touchy-feely um people side of it yeah yeah that perhaps is yeah. an, another prong of the facilities management thing yeah um, yeah and that's very much like you'll hear you know there is a lot of workplace experience but i think that's sometimes fm just wrapped up in a different name yeah. really so you'll have workplace experience managers which if you look at the job description is effectively the same as a facilities manager okay but it's calling out the experience which is what is the most important thing yeah for people when they're coming into an office space. Okay. Um, what five um, key skills uh, do you believe are essential for anyone working in facilities management? Yeah, so I think people... You've only got five. Yeah, I'm going to count them <laughs> on my fingers. So People-orientated has to be one. You deal with from the bottom all the way to the top. Okay. So everyone in my team needs to be people-orientated. You need to be proactive, so these are probably my right recruiting things, but they're proactive, you know, um, you need to be on the ball. You don't need to let something kind of just sit there. You need, you need to go after it. Is that the third one or is that still the second one? Sorry, still the second one, okay. but just the proactive. Um, uh, the, the, the third one is uh, hospitality. 
So, you know, having the understanding of how you, you know, can can create an environment, can create an, an atmosphere is, is another one. That's really an upskilling one. Um, I think the 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 other two, I'd say hardworking, just because I, I like a grafter. I like someone who can work and they push themselves. And then a, a growth mindset would be the fifth one. Okay. That's really to, you know coming back to kind of what I talked about career trajectory, but having an open mind to try different things because in workplace you can just do such a variety. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, How has, um, would you say, equipment technology impacted your role in facilities management? Equipment and technology is in what, like, um, like what, like a laptop or phone? Well, a product equipment or any tech, it could be product equipment or technology. Okay. Um, has it has impacted? I, I, I think. Well, probably being in a technology company, you're spoiled by the stuff you get. But I, I wouldn't say there's anything that's really been earth shattering. Um, I think it's been good with where I am in service now, kind of on a growth opportunity perspective, was working with the product. Okay. So, being able to input from a f- workplace world and change our service now workplace service delivery tool okay. was um was a great opportunity to kind of influence that because then we you know we go and sell that to customers and those customers are workplace professionals okay yeah thank you um what are some common challenges today that you face in facilities management and how have you overcome them yeah so i think the biggest thing at the start I think the pandemic, what it did is actually give us even a better seat with the C-suite. So okay. with the CEOs, the CFOs, I think before the pandemic, there was one. Um, but um, for us anyway, it was kind of a given, you know, we grew, we've grown, we've doubled in size since um, since I joined. Okay. Um, five years ago. Five years ago, yep. And uh, really, we grew our real estate portfolio on our headcount. So... We didn't, you know, the interaction with the CFO was, you know, keeping down the costs and making sure they're managed. Whereas now um, we have a real seat at the table to define what our whole working strategy is going to be. Okay. So we we have a working group between workplace, HR, and IT, and that's really never happened before. Okay. Um, And those three together all impact the people. Um, But we've been able to have deep conversations with the C-suite to say, right, where do we take this? What do we want to do? And be able to really project our voice. So okay. I think that's, um, that's what I'd say. How um, do you stay informed about new developments and trends in facilities management? I listen to this podcast. And- I joke. But I know, <laughs> I, I, um, podcast is a great one. Um, I think networking is the next one. Know, getting out there going to different talks and i'd also say listening to stuff outside of workplace so whether it's a hr perspective whether it's an it because i think there are very much interlinks into those two departments yeah um so that's where i learn a lot understand a lot um of kind of the latest trends um as well as different you know yes I'm, i work in the technology world right now but there's other you know um kind of uh businesses and departments who do different things okay okay um and um 
What, what do you see as the sort of like, um, let's say, the biggest opportunities and challenges in facilities management in the next five years? Really yeah. pushing you here on this. Yeah, no, I, I think t- how embedded is technology is a big, big okay. challenge because I don't think um, a lot of workplaces don't necessarily have the the tech that a lot of um, we use in ordinary life. You know, we, we do everything pretty much on our iPhone or Android phone, whatever you use. But our workplaces, it's, it's still a lot of friction. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, a, you know, within a technology solution or a another to make it less frictionless. Because I think the more friction you have in a workplace, the less people want to go there. Um, so I think that's a big challenge that we need to solve for. I think the other one on the sustainability point of view is, you know, how do we make our buildings more sustainable? Obviously, older buildings need a shed load of investment. Mm. Not many people want to do that. They'd rather build new. Um, so that's that's a big one uh, or, or a challenge that we that we all need to solve together. And I think there's a big conversation on leases uh, in general. <laughs> you know that that we don't have all day, but leases are a big thing in terms of you know, obviously me as an end user. We want as much flexibility as we want, but that's in polar opposite to how kind of the landlords and how everyone makes their money mm-hmm. from that standpoint. So there'll be some interesting kind of conversations, some solutions that come out of that uh, in the next five years, definitely. Um, and I think I've always been big on partnerships um, and that's with the vendors, whether it's clean, cleaning companies like yourselves or maintenance companies. But I think partnerships will become a lot more stronger yeah. um, in the workplace world as opposed to it just being, you know, the company and nobody sees what's behind that. Talking of partnerships, I mean, you mentioned about conversations on leases and stuff. Do you feel that those partnerships on leases with the current people is are strong or do you think the balance of power has shifted somewhat good question i suppose that uh, you're asking me but other people will give different answers but Depends i think the, the balance of, i think the yeah the, the balance of power i think it, it does it, i think it depends what type of from a landlord depends what type of asset you have yeah i think if you've got a great asset the power's with them because everyone you know, me as a prospective tenant, I'm going to want the best sustainability building, the best, you know, smart building. So if you've got a good asset, it's in your hands. If you if you don't have a great asset, then I think the power potentially come, could come back to that, to the to the end user. But that's really from a pricing perspective, probably, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to get an amazing, maybe not a great office space or, or something like that. So I think it depends really on the scenario, the asset. Um but I, I, you know, I'm I'm very much on the partnership side. So I'd rather have a good a good partner who we do the right things and you know we understand the vision. Um, so, however, though you could have a very nice, a beautiful building that doesn't have the sustainability credentials, but it's a beautiful sort of um, historic building that has all of the. Uh, um, visitor expectations one would want mm, mm, yeah. it's a bit like going into the savoy i don't suppose it's the most sustainable place but it's very yeah. luxurious in terms of a place to actually go and stay yeah, yeah so yeah. but yeah. Probably but i think doesn't. that's the asset isn't it they say if you've got a good asset let's say like the savoy then it just depends you'll have a client that's going to take that right of course so that's that's where i'd say kind of the it pivots yeah um what um 
What are some of the greatest achievements? I mean, bearing in mind you're in the early stages of your career, um, but what are the greatest achievements in your career in facilities management to date? Yeah, I'd say uh, the the teams that I've created. Okay. I'm proud of the teams that I've created. Um, I do spend a lot of time with the team to work with their own development plans because I kind of look at myself and I would want that. How many people in your team? Oh, in, in our Amir team, we're probably 20, 20 odd okay. servers. Yeah, yeah. And and within that, we have, you know, from a receptionist to, you know, a senior, senior facilities managers right. and after multiple locations. So I'd say that the team creation is in where I, where I really spend a lot of time and pride myself. I think definitely my ServiceNow story, I'm very proud of the the opportunities and growth I was given there and mm-hmm. that I've been able to to take them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or bearing in mind, you're, you're still on that journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Incredibly ambitious. That's what I'd say to people, just so big. So there's really. still perhaps even greater achievements to have. Um, on, the, on the flip side, conversely, um, do you have any regrets in your career in facilities management and if so, what are they? So I really thought about this one because, like you said, it hasn't been, you know, I've had a career, but not not a longest career yet. And I wouldn't say I have a regret per se. I've kind of taken the opportunities that have given me, taken risks, and I haven't regretted them yet. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't say there was one, really, I did think about this, but there wasn't one that I could really earmark as saying that's a big, that's a big regret. I'm not necessarily saying a big regret. It could be a little tiny one. Yeah. Um, Are I you know. perfect, Lewis? Absolutely not. No, I've probably talked to someone the wrong way or something like that. So they'll, they'll be in the comments cursing me out. But no, I, I, there isn't anything, honestly, that kind of stuck out. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but... Um, yeah, really. I've I've learned a lot. Kind of, I've 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 learned a lot along the way, and that's normally through being too ambitious and wanting to get things done. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I kind of now at this point in my career, I understand that things take a bit more time and need a bit more thought and consideration. Okay, and that's probably that is from my career growth. You know, I don't expect something tomorrow. You know, you need to okay. work a bit harder. So, no regrets at all, Lewis. Bar that one I just mentioned, maybe. <laughs> Any regrets in getting a two-one for your geography? Uh, no, I love that. I think you that was great. Nice, nice and down the middle. Nice and down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I wouldn't have had as much of a good time. Should I oh, say? I, 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 I would say probably the same thing actually. <laughs> so, so I always use that as yeah. my excuse. Yeah. But on that, sorry, just I, I do think like a, a university degree versus uh, like uh, coming in through a trainee. Like I, I think workplace is a great place for that mm. like the amount i do have quite a few people on my team that didn't go to university but have got to and above you know someone with a university degree so i think workplace you just triggered something but a workplace is a great place for a trainee to come in okay that's good um finally what things in life um could be work or leisure for you lewis that uh, give you the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment so I definitely say recently I've got a, a ten, ten and a half month old son. So that okay. that for me is a big joy, um, and I definitely can Bundle now. Of joy, probably. Yes, yeah. I, I'd say that's given me a whole new perspective, perspective of you know people in my who who work for me or I work alongside who are family people. You know, 
Um, so that's the biggest bundle of joy. But I love a ski holiday. I, okay, I, even I love a love a ski holiday. Well, snowboard holiday actually. But, right. Um, try to get there once a once a year. Wow, that's that, that, I mean, that's good. It sort of gets you away back on the slopes. It does, yeah. It's my quiet space, that's for sure. So I haven't been in three years, so next year's the one. So a bit of an adrenaline junkie, Lewis, is that right? Yeah, I like that. I got cut down in my prime, is what I say, with football. I've had two knee surgeries, so, you know, maybe maybe this would have been a different podcast if I'd made it, but uh, unfortunately not. (laughs) Well, Lewis... Thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, that. That brings us to the end of our um, Wear Many Hats podcast. Um, we hope that uh, our listeners have found this as interesting as I have. Um, and we would like to thank Lewis uh, for taking the chair today. It's been uh, both thought-provoking, um, engaging, and we welcome our feedback from our uh, many listeners Thank you once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I would say, just as a final comment, if there is any young person out there in workplace and wants to know more about my story, I'm on LinkedIn. You can feel free to drop me a message. Great. Thank you for that plug as well. No, thanks for having me. Cheers.